0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you will take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are about to enter so help you god congratulations you're now members of the 114th congress
2: mr attorney general will you agree to come before the oversight committee without the need for a subpoena in the january time frame i will not mr attorney general will you agree to come before uh the committee i chair the oversight committee uh, the one you've produced these documents to uh, in the January time frame without the need for a uh, subpoena uh,
3: I will consider it but I will note I, I've testified four on four occasions with regard to uh, this matter I've appeared before you at least on two occasions
2: you've appeared before this committee you, your organization pushed back on the request for a joint hearing here today not will you consider it but do I need to serve a subpoena on yourself and Lanny Brewer and the other people under direct investigation of my committee, or will you agree to come voluntarily in the January time frame before the committee?
3: I will consider any request that you make.
2: I thank you, Mr. Attorney General. I now would go to the questions of emails. This is the documents you refer to. Most of these documents, five thousand or so, are in fact emails. Mr Attorney General, I have a question for you. Not one of these emails in fact is yours. Aren't you a prolific emailer? no, don't you email? yes do you have a personal email account and as well as a uh, uh an attorney general's email account?
3: I have an email account at the uh justice department yes
2: do you, do you have a personal email yes do you regularly email to Lanny Brewer, your former partner and uh your number your head of uh, uh criminal division?
3: No, I, w- I wouldn't say regularly. There are only a limited number of people who know my email address in the Justice Department.
2: Um, well, well let's, let me cut to the chase. Don't you think it's a little conspicuous in his absence that there's not one email to or from you related to Fast and Furious in any way, shape,
3: or form? There are a variety of reasons why the uh, email, the emails that we have shared with you, um, are, are there. We have shared in an unprecedented way um, email information. Um, that no justice department, no attorney general has ever authorized before. You have deliberative information contained, I guess. In but the isn't
2: case it case true case. that executive privilege does not flow to the attorney general, only to the office of the president? So deliberative process within your department running law enforcement, in fact, doesn't, doesn't serve executive privilege. As the, uh, the, the chairman said going on, you haven't cited any reason that these would not have been delivered.
3: In making production determinations, we have followed what Attorneys General in the past have always used as applicable standards, and these are Republican as well as Democratic um, Attorneys General, and the information that we have provided to you has been uh, responsive, has been, um, I think, fulsome, and also has okay. been unprecedented.
2: Well, unprecedented would be an Attorney General who knew nothing about something where his own DAG, now his chief, present Chief of Staff, was intimately familiar Uh, Gary Grindler was well aware, according to documents provided, of Fast and Furious on March 12, 2010. Are you aware of that, that he was aware of Fast and Furious and what its procedures were on March of 2010?
3: It was certainly brought to his attention as part of a regular briefing that he got from ATF, but he did not hear during that um, briefing anything about the tactics. Really? Is that why in his own
2: handwriting? When he talks about going to stash houses, he clearly understood in a document you've delivered, he clearly understood in his own handwriting what the tactic was. I'm sorry, but I'm going to ask you a different question.
4: Ladies and gentlemen of America, welcome to AJC Radio, and it is Spotlight on Capitol Hill, where tonight we shine the light, the spotlight on Congressman... Daryl Issa, and I'll tell you right now, what you just heard is not a fairy tale. It's not something that uh, uh, is from a movie, but I'll tell you right now, look out. Congressman Issa is taking no prisoners, and he's holding folks accountable. Hang on to your seat, folks, as we ascend upon our nation's capital here at AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Hang on. And there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Lamont Banks along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and William Williams. And tonight we address a legend, I believe, someone who is not afraid to ask the tough questions and seek for the answers that we're seeking here, uh, that he was seeking rather, uh, in hearings, Cliff, uh, uh, and, and William and Lisa. I'll tell you what, uh, that's no nonsense to me. Your thoughts on that, Lisa? Yeah, he sounds like a no-nonsense
5: kind of guy right there. Most definitely he sounds like he's going at him and he's going to get to the bottom of it no matter what, no matter what anybody says. He was really going at him right there.
4: Well, the issue is is that we've gone long enough in this country where we don't hold these government uh, administrations accountable. If they have to be held accountable, and that doesn't matter on what side of the aisle you may be on, whether you're Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever you want to call it, Accountability, and we've been, Cliff, we've been talking about this for quite some time. The failure to hold folks accountability gives people the God complex that they can do whatever they want to do, that nothing matters, and they're not answerable for their actions. You're going to learn tonight on this program that Congressman Issa is one that has set precedent on Capitol Hill, a person that says this is the way it is, and this is what has to be done. And, folks, you want to hang on in there with us. Uh, This is going to be a good one. And, Lisa, read our disclaimer, please.
5: Yes, we just want to remind everyone that we are not attorneys and that a just cause does not provide any legal advice. You want to contact your personal legal advisor for all of your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC radio. And, as always, we want to thank you for tuning in and choosing to spend a little bit of your evening with us.
4: And thank you for that, Lisa. We appreciate that. Uh, And and folks, like we said tonight, spotlight on Capitol Hill. uh, Good things happening in our nation's capital. Our congressmen, our elected officials are doing some things that make a difference. And uh, that's where this all boils down to. And we're going to get into the life of Congressman Issa. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot involved, Uh, William, as we have been talking uh, earlier, a lot involved with this man. That is, uh, look, uh, we said it before, this is something that is a street term whether you're talking smack about the basketball court or the football field, taking no prisoners. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's calling names on this one, isn't he?
6: sure is. He's definitely calling names. He's, and uh, I tell you, listen to that clip. It, it, it made you kind of cringe. It was like, looked uh, like a boxing match. He was throwing punches, and they were landing.
4: So, Well, look, here, here's the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen of America. The bottom line is, is that this is something that has to be dealt with And again, this is what makes Congress, Congress, and that is this. You are going to not always agree. That's the bottom line. And that's why you have two parties. But apparently some things get done in our country with two separate parties, two separate beliefs, but that's what makes this a democracy. People maybe with some different ideas of how to take America forward, but at the same time working with one common goal, and that's to make America uh, the great U.S. of A, if you will. So... Again, we're going to dig into that, and uh, we're going to definitely have a good time with that tonight. Uh, So hang in there, folks. Uh, Right now in Washington, D.C., in our nation's capital, 65 degrees, mostly cloudy. Los Angeles, 83 and sunny. Right here in Colorado Springs, where we're coming to you live on AJC Radio, it's 51 degrees, mostly cloudy. And in New York City, the Big Apple, partly cloudy, 63 degrees. Folks, if you haven't caught up with it yet, fall has stepped in. Uh, So try to stay warm. The nights are getting cooler, uh, but it's getting hotter. Where the season doesn't change here on AJC Radio, we continue to search and bring the message of justice all around the world. And we're going to get into some good stuff tonight. Uh, All of us at at the AJC Radio team, we're ready to go forward. Feel free to call in tonight uh, for this program. We'd love to hear your comments. Uh, Call in to 347-838-8976. 347-838-8976. And uh, I believe you can also go in the chat room and have discussions. Let's get busy, if you will, with bringing, bringing this uh, uh, message tonight. And, and what we've learned about uh, uh, Congressman Issa uh, is good stuff. And uh, this is what makes America what it is, and we're going to get into that. We're going to go now to current events right now. Um, if you haven't heard already, I'm sure you have. And, and Lisa, we talked about this earlier today. Uh, in South Carolina deputy fired for throwing student even though uh, she was a minor in a high school classroom, uh, threw her in her sitting chair, broke her arm. Now, it, let let me try my best to understand the nonsense of this office. You're not going to understand that, Lamont. No way. This is uncomprehensible. Now, I watched the video today, and I said, let me take a look at what all the mayhem is about here. This deputy... Number one, you're dealing with a minor in a high school who happened to be on her cell phone or uh, checking or looking at her cell phone, no, maybe from had, a text. just had it in her hand. Just had it in her hand. He comes, so the teacher gets irritated, calls the school uh, wannabe cop, who eventually calls the deputy sheriff of the sheriff's department, and they send out this huge emergency. We have a problem. A minor in a high school chair looked at her cell phone, Let's get squat together and get this situation resolved. And I'm just talking off the top of my head. I'm paraphrasing for myself. However, they sent a deputy sheriff into a classroom with a minor, a young lady, I believe, who stood about five foot two. He picks up this chair, throws it across the room with her in it. I saw him pick up and slam her into the floor because she would not get out of the chair now. What threat, with her sitting, what what threat with her sitting in the chair, did she cause for that for that classroom, Lisa? What threat could she have been that you had to put you put your hands on a minor? You assaulted her, is what you did. That's right. So the fact that you lost your job, you need to be brought up on charges. Yep. How Absolutely. do you do that?
5: This girl is five foot two. There is no reason. see these people have got to quit doing this crap where they're bringing police into the schools. If you're having trouble with a kid, that you if the teacher's having a problem with the kid, they need to call the child's parents. They don't need to be bringing the police into the school, trying to have police handle a kid that won't do what they say. Kids are always you're always gonna have somebody's kids telling you that they're not gonna do something that you say. Why do you need to call the police for that? Call their mother, call their father, tell them come down here and get your child because they won't do what they won't do what I'm telling them to do. If I mean if you're having an issue that's that major that you feel like you need to call the police, call their mama, call their daddy. Tell them, come get your child because they won't listen to me. Why are you feeling the need to call the police because someone's child is doing, I tell them, I told them to do something and they wouldn't do it, so I'm calling the police out. That is uncalled for. Well, it's
4: just ridiculous. I'll tell you what, what's most ridiculous. Let me Let me just read a little bit of this, folks. If you're a little outraged, you have every reason to be. And this is what it says is that Fields firing is not the end of rolling debate over who bears the brunt of the blame for the encounter, which also has brought into question ongoing concerns about the role of police in schools. Students at Spring Valley High School filmed senior deputy Fields putting their classmate in a headlock, flipping her desk over, and tossing her across the floor. Todd Rutherford, an attorney for the still unidentified student, told Good Morning America on Wednesday that she had neck and back injuries a cast on her arm, and a rug barn on her forehead because of Fields' aggressive uh, treatment. And then they go further to say here, we believe that Mr. Fields' actions were carried out professionally and that he was performing his job duties within the legal threshold, wrote his attorney, Scott Hayes. Let me tell you something, Mr. Hayes. You need to turn in your law degree wherever you got it, Sears, uh, Walmart, Walgreens, wherever you got that law degree, you need to turn it in. How ridiculous are you? He, his his actions were justified. What's that fighting thing that they do? Is it MMA or well, what's the what's it's MMA? It's MMA. So he he did the actions as a professional MMA fighter to a minor standing at the at the height of five foot two, a young girl. But, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well,
6: no, I think the thing is that you know I watched the clip. And you sit here and you read this. And it said she refused to stop using her cell phone. Now, she didn't pose any threat to him. She didn't take a stand against him. She didn't throw a punch at him. There was no physical action by the teenager to this officer. And this officer takes her and throws her in that desk. And all of us remember those little desks. Those little desks, you know, they don't separate. You kind of slide in there and throws her across the room, pulls her out. Then put. Uh, I, I saw that I was, you know, I, I mean, me being a father, I was just thinking. I said, um, "I'm glad that wasn't my daughter." Well, maybe
5: we missed something, William. Maybe that phone was attached to a block of C four that was going to blow up the school. A, a remote detonator. Yes. Plot. Oh, maybe there we missed it is. That part. It was a terrorist plot. He was. Th- that's it. Maybe that's what we missed. Well, where's the plot?
6: We missed. Okay, so we, so he single handedly probably save millions of lives
4: well look at the end of the day at the end of the day the actions of this officer and then they want to start writing up a a character statement for this officer i heard on the news today well he's his girlfriend is black well let me tell you something right now and i'll take you all the way back to the slave time the slave owners love black women (laughs) but it didn't change the actions of what they did to the African Americans in this country, they always play. Well, I have black friends. Well, well, I have black loved ones. What does that have to do with your actions in assaulting this girl? But that's what the media wants to put out there. Well, he's a nice guy, you know. Well, you know what? Mix us on that. AJC Radio. We hold no bars. The bottom line is this: He was out of order. He assaulted a minor. He should be charged for it. He should be in jail for it. Now you take the turn the tables. And make that young lady a white, blue-eyed, blonde, and you got an African-American deputy slamming her to the ground. Guess what would have happened? They would have started to try to lynch him and kill him. And down uh, in South Carolina, would have looked for the closest tree. That's the bottom line of what we're talking about. Oh, absolutely!
6: Here. If, if 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 the role reversal or color reversal, oh Come now, oh he would he would that. They could not have fired him fast enough. Matter of fact, he he would be in jail right now. Oh no, he hey, wouldn't be in jail. He, he would, would be probably dead. be dead. Oh he'd yeah, dead. yeah, dumped yeah, dump yeah. in a
7: creek uh, with somebody else. My, my
6: bad, I forgot. It is South Carolina. They but do when you actively you, lynch, you look Ugh. at
7: this, and the article says that Bill Hatt, Fields Deputy Fields had been sued at least three times in the last ten years with all three lawsuits accusing him of acting aggressively or wrongfully implicating innocent people. Now, this is the same uh, deputy. I mean, he's like he's like the uh, what they call a resource officer. So he's on site there at the high school, which is, you know, leads and tends for uh, or leans and tends for the the school to prison pipeline. It's like we're not going to discipline you as a as a student, as a child. We're not going to call your parents. We have an officer here that can arrest you. The young girl that uh, that obviously, you know, he pulled out of the chair, she got arrested. Then one of her classmates who told everybody to start recording, they arrested her as well. So she got held for like uh, eight or ten hours for telling the class to record the incident. See, that is what they're doing now. She has a criminal record that they're – now she's going to have to get that record wiped off because she told people, record this, he's abusing this girl. Now her record, th- th- this should just be like, you know – she should sue him too but you look at this and it's like okay we're just arresting kids. now guaranteed you go up to uh you know whatever the white high school there's no deputy sheriffs in there slamming children around
8: and they're not
7: they're not getting arrested for saying you know i got my cell phone i dare uh a uh police officer to touch a, a kid's cell phone in a private school you go on you on your cell phone, you grab that kid in Manhattan. You mean a public you? school. No, I mean a private, a private school. school. Where where mostly it's affluent people, sure. they're in mm-hmm. a affluent neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Most of their parents are driving Mercedes Benz BMWs and Jaguars and Lexus. Touch one of their children sure. if you want to. That sure, man will you. be fired instantly. Yeah. And then and everybody around will be sued. In the in no. this community in South Carolina, he's allowed to break her arm, do all these things. Sure, he's fired, but he, he'll go but, you know, she bears
5: some of that responsibility. Some of this is her fault as yeah, well the because she
7: caused the disruption. The sheriff said it. she's the one who started. How? I didn't see her jump up and grab him around his neck and slam him to the ground. Of course, she would have got tased and then four warning shots to the back of the neck. But, if you, he had you to know, the thing,
6: the thing about this is that I'm seeing the same reoccurring stupid theme where there is a civil rights investigation going on. You know, I mean, it, it, this is like a cop-out. It's like they need to bring some formal charges. If you want to investigate something, take that video and investigate that. Well,
4: I'm sorry, William, go ahead. No,
6: I I mean the same thing. It's always the civil rights thing. It's like a cop-out. It's very much a cop-out. We'll financially
4: compensate you because we're not going to bring any kind of real charges against this job. Well, well, here's the problem. If I go out tomorrow and break somebody's arm in the street, I'm going to jail. (laughs) Period. That's the bottom. I broke somebody's arm and there's a rug burn scratched across my forehead. Uh, assault. This is assault. We have learned that video cameras don't make a difference to law enforcement because when Eric Gardner was saying, I can't breathe, get off of me, and you have a clear-cut case of murder, no indictment came down in that case. Ladies and gentlemen of America, it's time that we wake up. We are not going to shy away from these issues. We will continue to talk about these issues, and uh, I'll tell you what, this officer, uh, whatever problem he has, with African-Americans, you can get every statement from every black person in South Carolina uh, down on a piece of paper saying, well, he was a good guy. He, would, he never would be racist like that. You can pile it all up. But today, what we saw in that video says one thing, a racist bigot. That's what Absolutely. he is, and Absolutely. he assaulted a 17-year-old, a minor African-American girl. You can give any excuse you want. It smells the same. And I'll tell you what, it stinks all the way up. So I'll tell you right now, folks, continue to monitor this story. He got fired today. Uh, Hopefully he will be charged. Don't hold your breath. America's in trouble when it comes to justice. Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming right back, and we will start tonight. Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Congressman Daryl Issa, a force to be reckoned with in our nation's capital. Hang on to your seat, folks. We're coming right back with Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Stay with us.
0: Here are 50 white guys. Here are 50 black guys. Here's how many white guys can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. The chances amount to one out of 17. Now, here's how many black guys can expect the same thing. The chances are one out of three. Why? Lots of reasons. It's complicated, but one thing is clear. There's racial bias at every level of the criminal justice system. When blacks and whites commit the same kind of crimes, Blacks are more likely to be arrested. Once arrested, they're more likely to be convicted. Once convicted, they're more likely to serve longer sentences. Look at the numbers in America's so-called war on drugs. About 14% of America's drug users are black, as are about a quarter of drug sellers. Yet Blacks are 34% of people arrested for drug crimes. And those convicted of drug crimes? 46% are black. By the time we factor in sentencing, there are actually more black drug offenders than white ones in state prisons and federal prisons. In the end, the incarceration rate for drug crimes is 10 times higher for blacks than it is for whites. These are the facts. Racial disparities in America's war on drugs are one big reason that one of three black men can expect to go to prison in their lifetime.
4: Ladies and gentlemen of America and the AJC family, to all our listeners across the USA, the month of December will prove to be one of reflection. As AJC Radio looks back on a year in review, we will be playing our top eight programs for the month of December. As the holidays approach and the vision for tomorrow begins to set in place, AJC Radio will get you ready. Join us in the month of December listening to our best archive shows, Spotlight on Capitol Hill, different members of Congress that have appeared. You don't want to miss it. Happy Holidays from agency Radio. This is
0: Julie. How may I help you? My husband and I just got in a fight, and he hit me.
5: With one call, you don't have to be a victim anymore.
0: These fights are getting worse. I don't know what to do.
5: With one call, you can end the cycle of violence.
0: Glad you called. The first thing we want to do is to ensure
5: your safety. With one call, you can change everything. To speak to a domestic abuse victim advocate, contact your local family advocacy program.
4: Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to AJC Radio, Spotlight on Capitol Hill, where we are shining the light tonight on Congressman Darrell Issa. And uh, uh, Congressman Daryl Issa represents the people of California's 49th Congressional District in the United States House of Representatives, a seat he has held since 2001. The 49th District includes Camp Pendleton, the largest Marine Corps training facility in the United States. In the northern portions of San Diego County, southern Orange County, Congressman Issa and his wife, Kathy, live in Vista, California. They have one son, William, and celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary in 2010. Uh, as we look a little bit, William, Cliff, Lisa, into Congressman Issa, uh, we said last week on this program that we begin to look at the man of Congressman Issa, uh, of the people that we spotlight here on this program it's very very important that we look into their life now what brought them to the point of uh, of congress that motivated them to feel like they could make a difference it says here's a senior in high school isa enlisted in the congressman isa enlisted in the united states army uh through his army service he received the rltc scholarship and graduated with a degree in business from Sienna heights university in adrian michigan upon graduation Congressman Issa was commissioned as an Army officer and ultimately obtained the rank of captain. He completed his active duty military service in 1980 and turned his interest to the private sector. At the height of his career in business, Congressman Issa served as CEO of California-based Directed Electronics, a company that Congressman Issa founded and built in the mid-1990s to become the nation's largest manufacturer of vehicle anti-theft devices, including the highly successful Viper system, uh, William and, and I remember the Viper I mean the big big time. Uh seems like Congressman Issa and give me your thoughts on this William uh he's walked a few separate areas but gives him some uh some credit if you will of how to interact and deal and have the, the position he takes many times for holding people accountable. He's been in the corporate America, uh he's been in the US armed forces. He has seen quite a few things in that and that's just a couple of a few things that that he's done prior to making it to the seat in Congress. Your thoughts yes. on that?
6: Well, I, I think it it shows that he has, um, you know, he has a track record of, of basically just saying, you know, people need to help be held accountable. The buck will stop with me. Um, you know, as a CEO of a company, it says here that he was extremely successful. I mean, Viper, of course, we remember that, but he had to to be the founder of that organization. To sure. build it out. That meant the buck stopped with him. Sure. He had to drive it. He really had to drive it. And probably he learned a lot of that from his experience in the military. I mean, even to, to go to the ROTC program, to be commissioned, uh, he had his degree, and to continue on to become a captain in, in the Army.
9: Sure. Uh,
6: this man, he really, he's, he's driven. I would say that. He he's definitely has a track record here of being driven and being successful and saying, you know what, we, to be successful, we have to be accountable. For my actions, I have to set milestones and goals. I have to move forward and make those things happen.
4: No, absolutely, Cliff. When you when you talk about a man from California, you know, Partners and Isa has a reputation really of no nonsense. He doesn't hold back. Uh, he doesn't. He believes in what he believes, and we're going to get into that tonight. Uh, very vocal, uh, Cliff, on the IRS corruption situation. There, very vocal on the Fast and Furious uh, situation. This is a man that. Through his experience, uh, and I'm going to get to you, Cliff, here in a moment. It says here really quickly, um, as congressman, as a congressman and leader in California grassroots politics, Congressman Isa championed the cause of smart, efficient government and has pushed legislation to balance the federal budget and promote transparency across the federal bureaucracy. Why is that? Because transparency is so very important. Because that's where the mistrust of the American people come in when people fail to be transparent. That's right, and and
7: without transparency, I mean, you, you look at the clip that was played, played earlier when he's talking to the Attorney General Eric Holder, uh, former Attorney General. It, he wasn't. The thing is, he's not asking him any anything great, anything sure. out of uh, that you would think. Oh, this is this is some crazy request that he's got. He's saying, look, the American people's lives were lost during the Fast and Furious. Uh, you know, during during that issue, during when they had that that uh, that task force or whatever, Lies were lost. And Congressman Issa is saying, "Look, we need some accountability. You cannot come here and tell us you don't know anything about what's going on when this happened under your watch. This happened; you had to sign off on it." He's saying, "Look, the American people have the right to have this transparency of Congress and uh, all of the." Uh, departments of the United States including DOJ everybody who works for the American people you need to be transparent and the one thing that that you really have to understand about that is that a person is not trying to expose other people when they're crooked as well if you have a person that's crooked they want to cover everybody up they they want to say no we don't want to be transparent because if i force you then you're going to end up forcing me. If I make you show your hand, you're going to make me show my hand. If I expose your skeleton, you're going to make me expose my skeleton. So you're knowing that uh, Congressman Issa is saying, hey, I got all I got all my chips on the table. You put yours out there as well. Let the American people know what you're doing, what why you're getting paid by them. Let's lay it all out. And transparency is key. Without that, we, as the American people, don't know what's going on with our tax, pay- uh, our tax dollars are being
4: used. Well, I'll tell you what. He had something to say very clear uh, to once uh, a former uh, deputy to the assistant attorney general, uh, Ronald Wel- we- 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 or Ronald Weick uh, made a statement uh, that he came to the hearings with a politically correct answer. The answer wasn't correct. And I think sometimes this is the importance of hearings. But you go to Congress and you try to play a game. Well, I can tell you right now, you ran up on the wrong congressman. Congress Issa wasn't hearing it. Let's see what he had to say. The
3: committee has requested briefings on specific topics, and we have agreed to provide those. We um, have engaged in a search of great magnitude uh, to, to um, ensure that we get the documents that you have asked for to the best of our ability. Over two dozen lawyers at ATF and the department are reviewing those documents, and we have been able to provide documents to the committee each of the last three working days, yesterday, Monday, and uh, the Friday before. Let me uh, conclude by emphasizing that the department recognizes that congressional oversight is an important part of our system of government. Thank you for inviting me to testify, and I'd be pleased to answer your questions.
2: I certainly hope so. I recognize myself. Sir, if you're going to count pages like this as discovery, you should be ashamed of yourself. The only thing that this says is eternal use only, not for dissemination outside the ATF. That's not discovery. That is saying that nothing within the document requested under any circumstances are we going to be shown. It doesn't take so long if you don't spend your life redacting. The pages go on like this forever. You've given us black paper instead of white paper. You might as well have given us a ream still in its original binder. How dare you make an opening statement? How dare you make an opening statement of cooperation? We've had to subpoena again and again. Your representatives of 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 your organization, of the executive branch, have discouraged witnesses from coming forward. It has only been the courage of whistleblowers like the ones you saw here today that have caused us to have more documents on this case than you have ever suggested turning over. And how dare you talk about 900 pages, all of which were available on the Internet. Your first discovery that you ever turned over, you gave us already available on a Google search documents only. So, sir, what executive privilege are you claiming? Sensitivity is not envisioned. On Monday, we held a hearing here, and I hope you had plenty of people watching. it. And if you didn't, get it on YouTube. Not one witness, not on direct or on cross, talked in terms of the kind of unique sensitivity. Instead, they gave us case law and cases involving justice that say just the opposite of what you're saying. Sir, you heard from the family, and you heard from the whistleblowers. They have concerns about whether you're charging everybody in Brian Terry's murder. And, yes, I'm deeply concerned, and we've promised to get to the bottom of it. If somebody wants to call that political interference, so be
4: it. And there you have it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of America, make no mistake about this. These are the games that are played when an investigation is going on. Congress, Congressman Issa... Wasn't having it. You're going to come here, and he exposed him to the American people. And he invited them, if you didn't see it, take a trip out to YouTube to look at the hearings, look at the actions. And this is crazy stuff. And this is, why Cliff, the mistrust by the American people. When, you, when you're talking about organizations of the administration in Washington, when you see stuff like this, this is what causes America to think, you know what? We have we have double justice.
7: That's exactly right. This is what makes the common American citizen say, all everybody in DOJ from Eric Holder down was above the law because they just like like a Congressman Nice said, you might as well have given us a ream of white blank paper still in the pack because all you did was give us sheets of black paper with everything redacted and redacted just mean everything is crossed out. And, but I tell you, the one thing that really stands out with what he says and tells you the type of person he is is when he said, if you want to call that political interference, so be it. We are going to get to the bottom of this. We will find out and give this man's family an answer. You're talking about people died, people were murdered, people were gunned down, and they want to come in with sheets of paper with all of the information crossed off saying, no, we don't. And then Lyons saying, we gave it, we've gave given you unprecedented unprecedented amounts of documentation with nothing on it. But that statement where he said, if you want to call that political interference, so be it. We're going to get to the bottom of this. The American people deserve an
4: answer. That, is, that,
7: that is, that's what I'm talking about right there.
4: Yeah, and it's one of those things that, you know what? It makes you very, very grateful that we have somebody in Congress. that, And this is what you have to have you got to have people that are willing to step up to the plate. You can't stay in the dugout, and that's a, that's a baseball analogy. You have to get out the dugout, pick up the bat, and, and step up to the plate. Congressman Issa is doing that, but he's going to make his teammates and the people he works with also accountable for their actions. If you're in the dugout playing baseball and your pitcher just is throwing it like crazy, Somebody's coming out on that mound to say, "What are you doing? Do we need to replace you?" That's personally analogy, uh, uh, William. I see where Congressman Issa is concerned. Well, I, I,
6: I like your analogy. One thing I'd add to it is, you got to take a swing. And that's what Congress- Congressman Isa did. I mean, it, it, that's what it was. They threw a bunch, a bunch of just crap. They said, oh, "Here you go, take this paperwork, have fun." He called him out. He's. I mean, you might as well. And Cliff said it. You might as well have left the paperwork as it was. Or you just send us black do- blank or black black out redacted mm. documents. I don't care. I mean that's what basically we would say. I don't care. You said that you sent this thinking that we were just gonna take it in- and go away. Well they act like nobody was gonna look at the documents. You send me a sheet
7: with just completely blacked out saying that this is not for them dissemination outside of the ATF. Did you think nobody was going to see that, that it was just going to come in in a box and it was going to be
6: left there? But see, I think the thing is, do you think you guys are above the law that you should be enforcing? That's what it is. You're thinking, you're thinking we're going to get away with this because we were elected. We were appointed and no one calls us in question. But he's saying, no, I'm calling you in question. You're here. This this assembly of my peers are those that were elected by the people for the people to represent the people. You are here to enforce the laws that are for the people. You are running rogue. You give us this crap. Now, we're holding you accountable. Tell us. And
7: then he makes a statement saying, uh, you know, we understand that, you know, uh, these congressional hearings are very important to the transparency to the American people. When you've given nothing nothing you you have not even released i mean do they even still to this day know how many guns the atf passed <laughs> off in fast and furious and he comes and all you have are these sheets of paper that says, here here's, here here here's all of the documentation
6: we're, we're as transparent we're as, as, as this wall i'm looking at and <laughs> then
7: then he got him. and said you gave us stuff that was already available on
6: google Yes. How
7: is that? So how is that? Exactly state? right. That, I mean, that was
6: in the public domain, right? <laughs> right. It's already in the public it, domain. It was already in the public domain, so it was already filtered. And and that's the thing. It's. I mean, you have to appreciate this guy saying, no, you are going to be accountable. You gave us this. All right. I'm calling you out right here in front of everybody else. You're going to
4: produce. Something. And and we're going to get into some more about the, uh, the Fast and the Furious scandal, uh, some things that happened there. I mean, folks. Uh, I'll tell you right now, fast and furious is not something that's lightweight. This was a major issue in our country, and lives were lost as a result of those things uh, happening. Goes uh, further to say, uh, uh, here as, as Congressman and leader in California grassroots politics, Congressman Isis championed the cause of smart efficient government has pushed legislation to balance the federal budget, and I, I got to the point of promote transparency across the federal bureaucracy. In 2003, Congressman Issa was the architect behind the successful popular uprising to recall former Democratic California Governor Gray Davis. Uh, Congressman Issa currently is a member of the House Judiciary Committee, where he serves as chairman and of the subcommittee on court. Intellectual property and the Internet uh, and the House Foreign Affairs Committee Committee, excuse me. He served as chairman of the Oversight and Government Reform Committee during the 112th and 113th Congress, uh, which speaks to the Fast and the Furious, the IRS cover-up, all of those things. Uh, Previously, Congressman Issa served on the House uh, Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, the Energy of Commerce Committee, and the Small Business Committee. As the holder of 37 patents himself, Congressman Issa has been uh, vigilant about protecting the intellectual property rights of artists and other entrepreneurs to help protect America's position, at the forefront of innovation and creativity in the entertainment and technology industry. His successful efforts to fight human trafficking along the United States border has resulted in tougher laws, stiffer penalties, and more consistent enforcement. Cliff, I want to go to you, go to you here on intellectual property um, that he is saying he is about protecting the rights of entrepreneurs. Uh, intellectual property consists
7: of what? Well, intellectual property is you know patent uh your um what do you call it? your engineering document? Sure. uh your basically the way that you produced your product so that has to be protected in everything from technology to manufacturing software, everything. Your intellectual property is how you came up with your product.
4: Ooh, i got a question for you, Cliff. I'm headed down B Street. Do you know which street I'm going down right now? Oh, yeah. You're going down to the,
7: uh, <laughs> to the software built by the IRP6.
4: And, and it has been illegally held by the FBI and Congressman Issa, if you're hearing this program, uh, we intend to forward some information to you and hand-deliver it if necessary about some corruption in the FBI, Cliff, here, right here in Colorado, who refused. He said he's, he's chairman of the, of the subcommittee that oversees courts. I see something building here. What about you, Cliff?
7: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the, this is the man who, who you go to. When you, you have a problem with a judge, he has oversight. You have a problem with uh, the FBI stealing your intellectual property, he's got oversight. So you just wow. j- j- take, it, take it to Mr. Issa and see if he doesn't handle the issue for
4: you. Well, I tell you what, I got goosebumps right now. Ladies and gentlemen of America, if you're looking for a warrior to go to war and, and, and seek justice in an, inju- an unjust world, well, I found the warrior. His name is Congressman Issa. Lisa, when you hear about Congressman Issa, he's, he's not a person that's going to shy away from anything because I believe his conviction— tells him to step to the plate. And as William alluded to the analogy, swing the bat. Absolutely. He's definitely, he's definitely the man you want in your corner
5: when you're dealing with an issue like that. He's definitely gonna, he looks like the type of man who's going to take charge and take care of it.
4: I mean, this is something, but ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. This is what makes America what it is. This is what democracy is supposed to be about. And this is why Spotlight on Capitol Hill deals with these issues. Because a lot of people well, who do I go to when I'm in trouble and I'm dealing with this? We shine the light on members of Congress who are stepping to the plate, who are there, and their record, William, speaks for itself yes. as far as the action that, uh, that they want to bring and hold people accountable. And uh, I'll tell you what, it goes further to say that he not only did that, uh, he wanted to fight, uh, as I said, human trafficking along the United States border, in, resulted in tougher laws, stiffer penalties, consistent enforcement, And I think what stands out to me more than anything is the consistency, the lack of consistency in this country when it comes to picking and choosing who you want to enforce a law with or not with that. That is what divides a nation. And that's what brings racial unrest in America. And not only that, not only the racial issue, but the economic issue. If I'm of a particular social status, you know, I'm not going to get the same justice. Congressman Issa. He said, the, he said, we told the American people, this is someone's mother and father who are grieving the death of this Border Patrol agent who was killed as a result of this illegal activity that is so hush-hush on, the Capitol, on Capitol Hill uh, in Washington as far as Fast and the Furious. These are things that we are going to dig into even further. Ladies and gentlemen, hang on to your seats, grab you some barbecue if it's not too cold at your location. And sit down with us tonight. Stay with us because guess what? We're going into the jungle and we found a lion that you don't want to mess with. His name is Congressman Darrell Issa. Come on back with us. This is Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. We'll be right back.
5: Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? Or visit a-justcause.com and click the Donate button. A Just Cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
2: We have a big problem, and we need your
6: help. It's happening on college campuses, at bars, at parties, even in high schools.
8: It's happening to our sisters and our daughters,
1: our wives
3: and our friends.
8: It's called sexual assault and it has to stop.
3: We have to stop it. So listen up. If she doesn't consent or if she can't consent, it's rape, it's assault.
6: It's a crime, it's
2: wrong. If I saw it happening, I was taught you have to do something about it. If I saw it happening, I speak up. If I saw it happening, I'd never blame her.
4: Ladies and gentlemen of America, Let's Talk is kicking off on November 10th. Bernard Carrick will be here, former NYPD commissioner, first responder, and best-selling author. Bring your copies, book signing available. Come to Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, 7 p.m. Tuesday, November 10th. For further information, call 719-597-8800-451-Winchon Place. Bernard Carrick, a major force in law enforcement and criminal justice reform. You don't want to miss it. Be there November 10th. We'll see you there.
3: You must have thrown a thousand pitches teaching him to hit a home run. Spent countless Saturdays running routes so he could learn to hit an open receiver. Endless afternoons teaching him how to hit the three-pointer. But how much time have you spent teaching him what not to hit? Teaching boys that all violence against women is wrong is one of the most important things a man can do. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org. Brought to you by Futures Without Violence and the Ad Council.
2: I never thought we would be here today. I never thought this point would come. Throughout 18 months of investigation, through countless areas of negotiations in order to get the minimum material necessary to find out the facts behind Fast and Furious and the murder of Brian, Border Patrol agent Brian Terry, I always believed that in time we would reach an accommodation sufficient To get the information needed for the American people while at the same time preserving the ongoing criminal investigations. I'm proud to say that our committee has maintained the ability for the Justice Department to continue their ongoing prosecutions. Neither the majority nor minority has allowed any material to become public that could compromise that. However, the facts remain. Fast and Furious, the Department of Justice permitted sale of more than 2,000 weapons that fell into the hands of the Mexican drug cartels was both reckless and inexcusable, and it clearly was known by people, both career professionals and political appointees, from the lowliest member on the ground in Phoenix to high-ranking officials in the Department of Justice. But that's not what we're here for today. Today, we are here on a very narrow contempt, one that the Speaker of the House, in his wisdom and assistance, has helped us to fashion. Let it be clear, we still have unanswered questions on a myriad of areas related to Operation Fast and Furious, but today we are only here to determine, over the 10 months from the time in which the American people and the Congress of the United States was lied to, given false, literally the reverse, statement that no guns were allowed to walk during that 10 months before the Justice Department finally owned up and recognized that they had to come clean, that in fact, Fast and Furious
4: was all about gun walking. Thank you, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of America. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and William Williams. Spotlight on Capitol Hill, the clip you just heard was Congressman Daryl Issa calling for accountability, Cliff, in a fast and furious, and I'll tell you what, it's not the Hollywood production with Van Diesel. This is the fast and the furious, illegal actions by the Department of Justice, over 2,000 weapons. If you know anything about the Mexican cartel, two thousand weapons given or sold to how insane is this well
7: the 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 whole the whole uh thing with this this fast and furious you know sting was supposed to be they're gonna they're gonna sell these weapons to the drug dealers members who are possibly part of the cartel. Let them walk into Mexico. That's where they messed up right there. But you let them walk into Mexico, and then you're supposed to attract the weapons to the drug cartel and say, okay, you have these American weapons that came from the uh, uh, from the ATF, so now we have you and we can arrest you. Well, who's going to give you jurisdiction in Mexico? The I mean, the, the military in Mexico uh, is not going to help out America. The drug cartel is not going to help out America. Who did you think was going to follow them in there and say, "Okay, you have an ATF gun. Now we're going to arrest you and and prosecute you with it"? So instead, you end up with them. You know, end up using these guns, killing people. One of the people who died was his border agent. Sure. And Congress has been trying to get to the to the uh, to the bottom of it. And the reason I chuckled was because when they finally did get. The the emails from Eric Holder. I mean, Eric Holder. He's calling he he's calling Isla names. He's calling Grassley names. He's saying you know all of their cronies, uh, calling them idiots and all these things. And it it is such you, when you look at it and you look at the entire scope of what happened, you say, okay, did the ATF and DOJ did they really think that they just it, it was just like they thought nobody was going to ask them any questions? Like, well, I hold this position. I'm above the law. That is what it, what the bottom line it boils down to. They felt like they were above the law and that the American people would never find out what happened with this fast and furious. And when you look at it, it's disgusting. It is, I mean, it it is just a slap in the face to America.
4: Well, it, it, you see the persistence of Congressman Isa. He's not letting it go. You ever seen a dog with a toy in his mouth and you try to pull it from him? Oh, yeah. He'll drag you across the floor depending on his size. He's not letting it go, especially if it has the indication that it's a treat. But I'll tell you right now, folks, Congressman Issa would not let this go. The, per- the persistence, the-, the constant calling, hearings before Congress. This is a man, William, that he sees his target, and he's going to take it.
6: He's going to you are
4: him. going to answer, because guess what? He said about the American people, they deserve the right to know. This is, this is somebody, William, that apparently took the oath of office very seriously. And people, you're going to have controversy. People are going to say, well, why is he pushing so hard? You're pushing that hard because this is a trend that could cripple the United States. When you start selling weapons to the Mexican drug cartel, you, do you have any idea— how
6: dangerous that is. Well, I think the thing about this is just absolutely stupid. I mean, this is just absolutely dumb on so many levels. It says here, it says the gun buyers, many of whom the Fed suspected were criminals, were permitted to take guns or firearms, purchase in the United States and walk, walk into, me- into Mexico. Mexico. But this, is, this, is what even, this compounds the stupidity. This is what really compounds the stupidity. A similar operation took place years before under the Bush administration called Operation Wide Receiver. So, it also failed <laughs> in tracking down guns well
7: and drug traffic. Who, who is going to tell me one American law enforcement agency who is going to go to Mexico and try to fight against the drug
5: cartel Listen down to tell there. me
4: very carefully. During my wrongful incarceration, the Mexican, they call them paisas in prison. They're straight from Mexico. And I remember being in county jail, getting wrongfully convicted. And I said, well, don't you want to just go home? Oh, no. <laughs> no, you go home They said, dead. They said, he said, one of the guys said to me, man, we'll get dropped off at the, at the border. As soon as you step out your car, you're running from gunfire. So guess what? How insane the Department of Justice is supposed to be the intellectual or intelligent <laughs> agency for, for law enforcement. You gives weapons to, to the Mexican drug cartel. They have no reason to leave Mexico. So how do you plan on trying them for a crime when you are complicit in that crime? When I said earlier, Congressman Isa Persistence, he's just getting started. Let's see what he had to say further. And they're getting that together, to folks, uh, what he's talking about in regards to that. uh so we're going to get that to you as well. Uh, but I tell you what, Lisa, when you hear something like this, you're a mother, okay? If you know your, your federal government is actually uh, allowing... What we see on the news is death and violence to the Mexican cartel that's going on in Mexico. How do you feel about somebody with the highest power in law enforcement? They said, we don't allow guns to walk. We, we would never do such a thing. But the evidence... Is contrary to that. How does that make you feel? As a, not only a mother, as an American citizen.
5: Well, Lamont, I mean, you look at the situation. and It's just, I mean, you see how how easy it is for a person to get involved in criminal activity. They make it. They make it easy. They make they make getting involved in the drug scene in the in the gun scene. They make it so easy for people to get involved in that and get. And they make it. You have black people going to prison all the time. Every time you look up, there's somebody else being locked up for something. And when you have all this stuff going on, it, you see more and more people going to prison. And it's like they make it, they put it out there so that you can get more people in prison. You got it's like they, they set it up that way so that you, they can get more people locked up.
4: But it what it goes to to me, William Cliff, Lisa, how deep does the corruption go? When American lives, this is a this is an agent at the border who was there to protect the border. Your actions cost him not only how many other people have died with those 2,000 weapons that walked. Congressman Issa is not, not taking it. He should not take it. People want to criticize Congressman Issa because of his push and push. If that's your son that was killed on the border, would you want somebody to stop seeking justice? Congressman Issa is one that continues to seek for the answers. Here's what he had to say.
2: Uh, Mr. Attorney General, uh, our our investigators have seen 34 of the 35 admitted uh, emails that violate the Federal Records Act. Uh, They have only seen the to and from. They have not seen the the deliberative contents, and they have not seen the remainder of the 1,200 emails. Mr. Cummings, my ranking member, joined in a letter requesting that we have the full contents pursuant to our subpoena of all 1,200. Will you make them available to the committee based on our bipartisan request?
3: I will certainly look at the request. It's not something that I have personally been involved in, but I'll look at the request and try to be as responsive as we can. I'm sure there must have been a good reason why only the to and from parts were provided.
2: Yes, you didn't want us to see the details. Mr. Attorney General,
3: no, in no, knowing no, the to and from, do. knowing so the to and from. i not going to stop talking now. Uh, yeah, characterize Mr. something as something.
2: Uh, Mr. Chairman, would you inform the witness as to the rules of this is committee?
3: Appropriate and it's too consistent with the way in which you conduct yourself as a member of Congress. It's unacceptable and it's shameful.
8: The uh,
3: gentleman uh, has the time and the gentleman may ask the questions uh, that uh, he deems appropriate.
4: Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm at a loss. You know well,
7: yeah. how 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 does Attorney General Holder <laughs> get mad? You provided the to and from email. Th- that's it. Just the header. It went from me to you. What's in the body of it? Oh
4: nothing. Well, what I like about Congressman ISA I told you earlier, ladies and gentlemen, I've been raised in a household that it is what it is and it's told the way it is. It is refreshing outside of the banks family to hear somebody that is saying what? Look, you don't want, yeah, let me give, give you the answer, Attorney General. You don't want us to know what's going on with Fast and the Furious. I'm telling you, this is the only thing that is going to constitute change. This is the only thing that's going to say, man, I do not want to go back to full Congress on national television and be called a liar. It takes, look, it don't take much to connect the dots. When you're consistently, and this is what we said, at William, earlier. This, this is a pattern. Congressman Issa, he's not getting off of this until he gets answered. Why? He said one point very clear. The American people. Cliff, is that, is, that, is that not the purpose? We elect these officials to go to Washington and ask the tough questions and ask for the answers from our elected officials and say, will you stand up? Well, ladies and gentlemen of America, Congressman Issa refuses not to stand up. That's that. William, what are your thoughts on that and his comment to the Attorney General of the United States? I, I mean, I love it. I, 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 had,
6: to, I had to laugh because it, it, you know, some of it was funny, but he's basically just telling, saying, listen, you're not going to give me this smoke and mirror show. I'm not going to sit here. I did not buy a ticket for a, a magic act. This is, I'm not here to see Siegfried and Roy, right? Yeah, I'm not here to see this. I am here to get some real results. I'm here for you to tell me exactly what I need to know. I'm sure. asking you point blank questions. Even in the first clip, he said, well, let me ask you another question. Let me rephrase. Let me just boil this down to you so it gives you no room, no margin for error. You can't, you know, weasel your way out of this. Answer this question. And then he, then Eric Holder gets upset. He gets upset because the bottom line is, you know you're wrong. You know you're wrong. Now you're being called in question.
4: And as, and as it should be, and in- uh it's not just the Department of Justice that he has issues with, uh, but the Department of Justice, everything is monitored uh as far as the IRS, as far as the uh the the issues, the FBI, whatever you want to call it, whatever comp uh, organizations, administration, head, if you will, they're answerable to the they're supposed to be answerable to the Department of Justice. If you come across the Department of Justice not doing the right thing, well, how are you going to monitor the IRS or the FBI for their actions when your actions now are questionable? That is the question, ladies and gentlemen. Congressman Issa went even a step further. Not only did he deal with Fast and Furious, he says now the biggest, uh, one of the the largest uh, uh, organizations of the administration, the IRS, I believe they said, if I'm not mistaken, employs over 90,000 Uh, employees at the irs here in the united states he went after them and why did he do it because they began to do things uh targeting conservative groups getting 501c uh trying to get their 501c nonprofit status they began to target these organizations who's the man that stepped in front of the bus and said we're not going to a lot cliff who was he
7: That's Congressman uh, uh, Daryl Issa. There you go. And when you look at it, I mean, he didn't just say this, you know, in a hearing. Congressman Issa, excuse me, he drafted a House resolution saying that he recommends that the House of Reps find Lois G. Lerner, who was the former director of exempt organizations of the IRS, that they find her in contempt of Congress for refusing to comply with a subpoena. He didn't just say, Okay, we're just gonna say it and we're gonna have a hearing. He drafted a resolution said, I want I'm drafting a law especially for you, Miss Lerner, that you be held in contempt for not complying with the subpoena. Now, if you look at they can you 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 can be basically held in contempt and in contempt, you know, you end up you can go to jail or they can sanction you. Now if they can form a a contempt and and come up with a resolution against the former director of the IRS, then you look at the IRP six case. you look at judge Christine Arguello, you look at the fact that there were government witnesses who would not comply with the, with the subpoena that were provided. She did nothing to uphold those subpoenas. It's people like Congressman Issa who have that type of oversight that says, look, we will not only hold Lois Lerner, former director of the IRS, in contempt. We can hold a judge in contempt. We can hold a prosecutor in contempt. We can come get you for breaking the law because the same uh, you know, laws that we hold the American people up to, those same standards of, of, of uh, basically not breaking the law, we now government officials, you're held to that same standard. And that is what the American people need is someone in Congress to say that, None of us are above the law. We all have to abide by the same law. We all are American citizens. No matter if you're the Attorney General of the, of the United States, no matter if you're, uh, if you're the Director of the IRS, no matter if you're a judge or prosecutor, you are held by the same law. It's only fair. That is what Congressman uh, Isa brings. And, and that's
4: what it is. And William, I'm to get your comments on that here momentarily. Congressman Issa goes, he, he again asks the question. Of the IRS, and and Cliff, you went to uh, uh, Lerner, uh, who claimed the fifth. We're going to play that clip where ISIS did not lift up anything. She kept saying, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. He continued to ask the question. You know why? It's on the record that you are avoiding prosecution. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing. And uh, let's hear hear what he had to say about when the IRS began uh, to get out of control. Let's hear what he
10: had to say. IRS Commissioner John Koskinen appeared before Congressman Darrell Issa's House Oversight Committee Wednesday morning, and the California Republican wasted no time going after the IRS following last year's revelation. The agency targeted conservative organizations. The simple fact
2: is your response to the IRS targeting scandal has been bold by the ranking member standard and dismal by my standards.
10: At issue Wednesday once again was former IRS employee Lois Lerner, who at the time was head of the agency's tax-exempt division. Lerner, who has apologized for the IRS's action, has invoked her Fifth Amendment right and has refused to testify before Congress. In response, Issa and other House Republicans are trying to get Lerner's emails in an attempt to find out what she knew during her time at the IRS. Is it your position
2: today? That you intend to give us those responsive to some key search word, or you intend to give us all of Lois Lerner's emails? We are working through the process. We have never said we would not provide those. We are anxious, as I have said. Will you provide all of the emails for those four individuals? We will provide you. We are actually trying to, in an orderly way, conclude the investigation on the determination process, which is what the IG report reported to us.
10: Wednesday's hearing comes on the heels of a scathing report issued by House Republicans accusing Lerner and other top IRS officials of knowingly targeted conservative groups.
4: And, and there you have it. You have Congress and ISA. One war from one war to another war. You're talking about, and listen to this very carefully, ladies and gentlemen of America. You're talking about the IRS... Who has a lot to do with your money. Everything. Every week. You're going to pay your IRS. January through April, you're getting taxes together. You're paying your money. What is that? Listen, what Congressman Issa is doing, he is truly making an attempt to protect the American people. Because, again, if corruption resides at the IRS, that affects my money. That affects your money. And then they begin to target religious organizations seeking nonprofit status. Churches, Cliff, we talked before, churches were targeted. There's another street, I'm getting ready to go down again. Oh, come down that street. Come down. Colorado up. Springs Fellowship, Pastor Rosebanks. Her, her members, the church accounts were illegally gone into for four years. I think it's time we make a call to
7: Congressman Issa. Cliff? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, because somebody has to do something about it. You can't just say, okay, well, you have somebody in the federal government, they break the law, they they uh, they misuse policies and procedures, and then nothing happens to them. Congressman uh, Issa is saying, hey, if you break the law on my watch, if you come up against my committee, if I'm the one who has oversight on you, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. You're going to answer to the American people because it is only fair. It's only fair that the laws that are put in place, that you have to, that you are held by the same laws that, that I'm held by, that he's held by. If you break the law, you deserve to be prosecuted no matter what your position is, no matter what your title is. You deserve to be prosecuted if you break the law. And Congressman Issa, I mean, that is the stance that he takes. When you're taking a stance against the IRS, against the Attorney General, against the uh, ATF, against DOJ, no, nobody is exempt. Nobody, you know,
4: gets away with with breaking the law. Well, That's just the way it is. I'll tell you, like I said before, it may be a little chilly outside tonight where you are, but I'll tell you, the fireplace is burning here at AJC Radio. Well, we have found and came and come across, if you will, the lion in the jungle, man. That's just, there's no other way to say it. These are the things that are meant to protect America. When you get, when you're tired of getting upset about how Congressman Issa is talking to you, deal with what he's asking you. That's true. And give him an answer. Because at the end of the day, take the emotion out of it. These are the lives of the American people. This is why Congressman Issa continues persistently asking for the truth. If that's not necessary in Congress, then I don't know what is. Ladies and gentlemen, stay stay with us. We're coming back with the continued uh, spotlight on Capitol Hill with Congressman Darrell Issa. And, man, it is heating up here at AGC Radio. Spotlight on Capitol Hill, Congressman Darrell Issa. We dig even deeper. We're coming right back. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen of America, the month of October happens to be the National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, an issue that is crippling America, destroying families, and shattering homes. Today we take a moment to reflect and to remember the victims of domestic violence. We want you to know there is a way out. Ron Legrand in Washington, D.C., the Vice President of the National Network to End Domestic Violence, has set out on a journey to execute change that is about saving lives, saving mothers, saving daughters, saving friends from the cruelty of domestic violence. We ask that if you have any issues, please call the Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 as we heal the wounds of domestic violence as a nation AJC radio takes a moment to remember the victims and our fight will always continue
9: These are the voices that prisoners in solitary confinement hear every day. Out of Arizona's total of 2,076 prisoners held in solitary, 30% are taking prescription medication to deal with mental illnesses and 11% have diagnosed schizophrenia. Experts report that the extreme and prolonged isolation exasperates pre-existing conditions and appears to even cause mental illness in prisoners who were not previously ill. While prisoners deserve punishment, Arizona can do better. We need to change the solitary confinement rules. Unlike any other states, Arizona prisoners are held in eight by 10 cells for at least 23 hours a day, with no windows and virtually no human interaction. Perhaps the best way to fix solitary confinement so it strikes a balance between punishment and humanity is to decrease the size of solitary units. Colorado, Texas, Mississippi, and Illinois have decreased the size of their units, only admitting prisoners who need the rehabilitating experience and have saved over $6 million without compromising prison safety. A study produced in Colorado reported that after decreasing the number of solitary units, prisoners experienced an improvement in overall mental health of the confined inmate population. How can we do this? We need to reach out to Director of Corrections Charles L. Ryan, asking him to decrease the number of solitary units. Solitary confinement needs to remain a place for punishment and behavior change, but it can also be a place of innovation and rebuilding.
2: Mr. Koshari, uh I appreciate that you were in on those negotiations with Uh, leadership. The majority of Republicans voted against it uh, once and twice. Uh, Mr. Kucinich wasn't in the meeting where Secretary Paulson came in with the Vice President and uh, Fed Chairman Bernanke and made all these assurances that there was absolutely a critical, immediate need to get rid of the corrosive derivative products. You know, all the different names for this and you know ubiquitous you know uh sub s retraded, credit default swap blah 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 okay but they they talked about them as though they knew what the hell they were you've got the money and you immediately said what items what auction would you please respond to under oath when did you go from what you did, what you told members of congress in open and closed sessions was the absolute reason to have this money immediately to buy a specific group of assets about three hundred fifty billion in the u.s. about three hundred fifty billion held by other countries and 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 other uh... funds outside the u.s. those assets were what you said was locking up and destroying the market when did you first hear that that money was not going to be spent that way
3: congressman Uh, the day on October 3rd, the day that the Congress passed and the president signed the legislation, we immediately created several policy teams developing asset purchase programs, all the details, both mortgage-backed securities. Now, that wasn't
2: the question. No, I, I'm, yeah, but, yeah, no, I, I want to know the time and date because I want to know whether Congress was lied to or whether there was a, uh, a, a team all along that had an alternate, one or more people that had an alternate
4: idea of how this money would be spent. All right, ladies and gentlemen of America, welcome back to AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill. And uh, I'll tell you right now, folks, this has been one evening as we have got into or or made an attempt to show you the man and the legend, Congressman Darrell Issa, uh, who I have nicknamed a lion, if you will, uh, in a jungle. Congress is not any place. That is less than a jungle when you're talking about lawmakers fighting and warring for justice and positioning themselves for survival, if you will. But the key here is the protection of the American people. This is what Congressman Isacliff, to me, uh, gives that impression. And William, he gives that impression as well that he is about the protection of the American people. When you're talking about these organizations he's talking here i believe uh uh, as far as the uh, asset relief deck he's he's addressing and asking these questions because they're saying certain things that don't necessarily make sense you got to ask ask these folks tough questions they're not going to volunteer the information if corruption and things like that are involved your thoughts on that william I,
6: i think that um you know i'm really looking at this man differently uh, you know, he is someone that has came up through. He's a successful businessman, but he's fought his way. He's fought and clawed his way through. He's not. You're not getting ready to throw. You know, get anything by him. He's not getting ready. You're not getting ready to throw wool in his eyes. And that's what he was basically talking about. He's like, listen, before you, I even sign off on this, I want to know where this money's going. And he's basically he's looking out for us. He's looking out for the taxpayer because he knows that. Bailing out Wall Street, bailing them out to the tune of I don't know how many billion dollars it was. He was basically saying, listen, before I throw this money at you, throw good money after bad, I want to know what's going on. I want to know what's your agenda. I want to know if you have a plan. And because bottom line is we, the U.S. people, are paying for this, are paying for your mistake, paying for your bailout. And so you're coming to me asking for this. You're asking me for a huge handout. Why should I give
4: it to you, and where is this money going? So I, I tell We're you. without question. Uh, I agree with you on that. Cliff, your thoughts on, on that. Uh, I, the, we said it earlier, the persistent perseverance of Congressman Issa. Uh, apparently, as William alluded to, he had to learn that being a, in the Army, uh, also in the military. It, it, his whole life has placed him in a point of leadership, and I think that's what he's done. Say that, William, your thoughts on that? Well, I was just thinking, you know, he, he's like us. You know he he
6: came from, you know, probably a middle class background, but he had to work his way up. He had sure. to work his way up, and that's and that's where you see you see him asking people to be accountable. He's asking them. He said, "Listen, before you try to pull the wool of my eyes with fast and furious, tell me this. Before you try to pull the wool of my eyes before this
4: buyout or bailout, tell me why I should do this. Tell me why." And these are common sense questions. Well, here is what he says going to his his background, uh, uh, William. He says, in 2008, when Congress was asked to pass the Troubled Asset Relief Program uh, in the wake of an historic financial crisis, Congressman Issa stood by his instinct as a businessman and opposed giving a blank check bailout to Wall Street. He voted against all bailouts during the financial crisis, refusing to give up and concede to those who favored a bailout-centered response to this and future financial failures. Congressman Issa put forward a proposal to create a bipartisan commission to uncover the root causes of the financial crisis. This idea was passed into law early 2009. The investigation commenced in January 2010. Congressman Issa uh, expected the results would reveal government mistakes and protect U.S. taxpayers from future runaway government intervention in the financial and housing market. So, again, his instinct, Cliff, his instinct to say, wait a minute, do we want to set precedent?" and say, hey, just get in trouble, do what you want, and we'll just throw you a line. That's not the position he took. He took a, a, a more, a, a, what would you call it, a financial position of responsibility. Tough love. A tough love approach. Good good words, William, on that. To say, look, do we set precedents to just let the government run wild, these companies run wild, and do these things and say, well, we don't have to worry about how we do or conduct ourselves because all we got to do is ask Congress to bail us out.
3: That's true. That's well, true. That's right. What
7: message does that send, Cliff? Well, it sends a message that he has the American people's best interest at heart. That he's not... that Being a businessman, he he understands, sure, it takes commerce. Sure, it takes uh, industry to, to keep a nation running. But you don't let commerce and industry just walk over your citizens. You don't give them a handout or a bailout or whatever you want to call it, a free pass just because they ask for one and say hey you know we're going to lose money no what are you going to do and what type of impact is it going to have on the american people if we cut you this check of this however many hundreds of billions of dollars that is the hard question that he asked says, what impact is it going to have how are you going to cover it and when it all boils down to it we don't want to write off a few hundred billion dollars just so that you can stay in business. The American people's best interests are what have to be at heart here.
6: Well, and I think, I think that's, his approach is almost the same as, as we've seen in the EU with them bailing out Greece. You know, they bailed them out a couple of times. And, and the same thing. I mean, we just don't manufacture money. We, right. don't, we don't just don't manufacture. You call down to the bench and you say, hey, listen, print out a couple of tons of money so we can just bail out the banks. I mean, that's not the way it happens, and, that, and that's what he's saying. We're not, I'm not going to sign off on this. I'm not going to give you a blank check for you to go out and just do this again. Because basically what you did was, number one, he sees the fact that it was wrong. They were actually had a lot of policies, a lot of loans, bad debt loans, a lot of products that they were selling. They knew that they were selling it, it was wrong, so they were already ripping people off from that side. Now you take money. You profit and gain. Your companies go under, like Lehman Brothers or the others that went under. And then you, you're going to come to Congress. You're going to come to the floor of the Senate and say, um, you know what? I, I made a mistake. I lost my wallet. I lost my money. I need some more money. Now, you, now, Cliff, now you and I know if you would have went, and any of us know, if you would have went, you lost your money. Your mom gave you lunch money. You lost your lunch money. Guess what? You're probably not going to eat lunch that day. Mama's going to teach you a hard
4: lesson. That's what he did. He taught him a hard lesson. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, Congress, uh, William and Cliff, Lisa, that's just the beginning of what Congressman ISA is doing. He steps up to the plate in every situation. But this is, what he, uh, this is one of the legislations uh, that he actually introduced back in, uh, it looks like, uh, February of 2013. He introduced the Violence Against Indian Women Act. Now, we understand that Vice President Biden had introduced stopping violence against women. He was the founder. He pushed that. But this particular bill, he stepped outside of the box and reached out to a minority, if you will. And it says here, Representative Issa reintroduced the Violence Against Women Act uh, uh, on Friday. This is back in February of 2013. The bill authorizes Indian tribes to exercise jurisdiction over crimes of domestic violence that occur in the Indian country of that tribe. The current law enforcement system for Native American women is broken, said Congressman Issa. Too many victims of domestic violence cannot get access to law enforcement during times of emergency, and more will continue to suffer unless Congress acts. He is saying here, based upon who he is, the man Congressman Issa, we cannot allow, in this country, whatever you want to think about it, minorities, many times, of every race if you're a minority you're pushed aside well it doesn't really matter how many people honestly considered that if somebody's living on an indian tribe piece of land that protection for those women of that indian tribe should be protected what does that say to you william about congressman isa it it speaks to his character it does it it speaks to that i care about people Because guess what how many uh Native Americans make up American citizens in this country? Right. Right. They matter. All lives matter. Cliff, your thoughts on this step that Congressman Issa took. To me it's it's over the top in a good way. Well, you know, it it
7: uh the irony that he does this, especially with this month being the uh you know, um domestic violence awareness month. And you know, we you look at it and you say, How do you how do you take the rights of a person, and because of where they're located, they don't deserve to be protected. Their life is in danger, but because of where you're located, we can't rescue. If you're on you, this this is America. Everybody has the right to freedom. Everybody has the right to protection. It shouldn't matter that you're on a uh, on a reservation. Sure, that's con- it's considered a, another part of America. considered another nation of that uh, native people, but. When it comes down to the fact that you're on American soil and somebody is in danger, we cannot, as American citizens in good conscience, sit back and watch somebody get hurt. It, it, it just is not who we are as the American people. It is not uh, what we were founded on. And, and uh, Congressman Issa is ensuring that, hey, we're going to put it in law that if something happens to you, no matter where you are uh, in the continental U.S., we are going to be there to protect you and to help you. No, without
4: question. And, and the folks, this is what we're learning week after week on this program. People in Congress are not what they are perceived to be through the media. They're just not. Right. I mean, I've learned some things tonight about Congressman Issa that, man, you know, I'll have to give him a pat on the back and say, look, thank you for your service to this country. Thank you for reaching out to the people that society says, what, do they really matter? Absolutely they matter. And uh, for him to take that, that approach, uh, uh, William, is just one of many, 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 many things uh, that the congressman is doing. It is something that makes you stop and take notice uh, of what is happening in this country. We have members of Congress that are fighting. Uh, are fighting. They're going through the sweat, the tears. The late nights, the the voting, the the conflict, a battlefield, if you will. Absolutely. In any place of war, you have to have some 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 uh, officers. You have to have a general. You, gotta you have, have to. You got to have warriors. warriors that are going to fight. I referenced the movie, and I apologize for it. Braveheart. And I'll tell you what, uh, that was a movie, William. That when you saw warriors fighting. Against all odds. And when they were trampled on, and, and man, they stepped up and said, you know what, we're not going down.
6: Yeah, my, my personal favorite Unbelievable. is 300. Another one, when he says, you know, this is Sparta. You know, it's, it's, it's standing up and saying, we are warriors.
4: This is what it is, and you can say it's Hollywood. I know our, our uh, host, uh, Cliff Stewart, uh, always references Last of the Mohicans, which I have yet to watch clips what is the tell me what are we dealing with a congressman Isa? He fits all roles in all these movies. Talk to me. Well, in Last of the Mohicans the bottom line
7: is everybody has their own human right, no okay. matter who
4: you are, where yeah. you're
7: from, and it's about fighting for the rights of all people. That that is what makes that movie an epic adventure. Okay, that you. they are tracking down justice, right? For everyone involved in the movie. It's like it doesn't matter if you're white, doesn't matter if you're Native American, doesn't matter who you are justice should prevail, and they go after that. So that is why well, As Mohicans is an epic
4: adventure, and it wow. reminds
7: you of who <laughs> Well, Congressman Isla is. Look, look, look folks, here's,
4: here's the issue, though, ladies and gentlemen. We are referencing movies, but make no mistake about it. The, the battle for injustice, it, it affects every part of society. When Hollywood makes movies, many times the movies are to send a message. Injustice and warriors and wars and battles that we have to fight goes all the way back, before I was ever even thought about. It. Okay? Here's the thing, what we're saying about Congressman Issa. People can kind of relate to a movie or a competition. Congressman Issa is doing things that, you know what? People don't really like to do these days. People kind of, I don't want to ruffle, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to step on any toes. Congressman Issa is not only doing that, he is telling you to take off your sandal. Or your shoe, so I can step on it deliberately.
8: Absolutely.
4: And I'll tell you what: until we get that mindset, nothing changes in this country. That's right. That's right. Congressman Issa, people were scrambling like like a bunch of ants on an ant that they saw whatever. But guess what? He's he got some answers. Well, he's rolling, and up. he continues to get the answers. He's rolling up his sleeves, and man. Played. That's he, awesome. He said,
6: "I'm getting dirty here. I'm I'm here to get dirty. I'm here to do work."
4: Well, yeah, here, go that's ahead.
8: It.
6: No, that's the thought. I I mean, like you said, there's people that are going to play politically correct. They're They're not there to do anything. They're not there to ruffle any feathers. He's the exact opposite.
4: He's there to ruffle feathers. He's looking for feathers to ruffle. Well, I'll tell you what. Ladies and gentlemen of America, please understand the thought tonight. Spotlight on Capitol Hill, the reason this initiative was born, America needs to know. That if I'm backed in a corner, there is somewhere you can go on Capitol Hill and get answers. Make no mistake about this. Congressman Issa is not the only warrior on the Hill. Lisa, as we have learned in this process, he is surrounded by warriors. But what he is doing and the steps that he has taken and the stand that he has taken should make America's hearts feel a lot better tonight. Because I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, we are in a war in this country what is that war it is a war against injustice it is a war of entitlement against entitlement and government entitlement to think we can do anything we want to do and nobody will answer that mindset in that culture has to change how does that change when you go to the to your voting and this is a, a, a voting year coming up election year when you take the time to go vote this is the result of that voting Please don't take voting lightly. This is how change happens. And I'll say it, I said it once, I'll say it again. The people in California got it right again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Spotlight on Capitol Hill. We come back with our closing thoughts on Congressman Daryl Issa, who is making a difference and taming a jungle of injustice. We salute you tonight, Congressman Issa. We're coming right back America. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen of America and the AJC family. family. To all our to listeners all our across America. the USA, the month of December proved to be one of reflection. As AJC, as AJC Radio, looks Radio looks back on a year in year review, review, we will be playing, will our, playing our top, top eight program of the month of December, December. as we approach, approach, approach and the vision, the vision for tomorrow begins tomorrow, to, begins to in place, in place. AJC, AJC Radio will get you ready. Get you ready. Join us. Join in the us month, in month of December. listening we'll to our archives. Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Different members of have a beer. You don't want to miss it.
0: Hey guys, Hey guys, I'm Jordan Sparks. I'm,
8: I'm Chase I'm Crawford. Hey, oh, what's up? It's us. It's
0: us. Hi, I'm Rachel
8: Hi. Wilson. I'm Hayden. I'm Hayden. I'm Peyton. I'm I'm hey, we're following. Hey. I'm Dude I'm Deidre. I'm Chris I'm And Bell. we're the gym. We're <laughs> <friends>. Do something good <laughs> <with laughs> for your community. Use bags,
6: we use and, bags, bags, and, bags and bottles and bottleways.
10: Help us collect a million pounds of food.
8: Help people prepare for natural disasters.
10: Do something about homelessness. Anyone could be a rock star in their community. So then do something. Do something. Do something. Do something.
0: Visit do something.org to find out how.
4: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill. If you feel like it's a little warm where you're at right now, perhaps you may feel mosquitoes on your back because you've entered the jungle here at AJC Radio, and we have located the lion on Capitol Hill by the name of Congressman Daryl Issa. And I'll tell you right now, William, when you sit, and these are our closing thoughts on Congressman Issa, as we get ready for the segment, What You Didn't Know about the IRP-6 case, and uh, that gets bigger. But actually, actually, uh, William, uh, this brings in Congressman Issa, even in that discussion, that we'll begin to look into, and we believe as as we uh, are going to uh, fight for justice for these men, uh, that Congressman Issa may play a definite role in fighting against the injustice that happened to these young men. We'll get to that momentarily. As we, your closing thoughts on Congressman Issa, and, and and no respect to the Congress, disrespect rather to the congressman. We could probably do three shows on you, Congressman Isaac, if you are out there listening tonight. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, we need to come back, Lisa. We've said it before with some lions uh, and some uh, warriors there in Washington D.C. Uh, we we need to come back sometimes because there's so much to the man. Your you, you can't fit them all in
5: one show. There's just too much to squeeze into one two-hour
4: show. There's really, not enough time. It really is. And then no disrespect to our women Congress. Uh, Absolutely folks, uh, not. They, hey, I'll tell you what, if I'm in a, a safari in Africa, I don't care if it's a male lion or a female lion, I'm running. <laughs> so uh, we've had the opportunity to uh, display the women lions, Lisa, here on this program as well. That's right. So uh, our respect and our shout-out to the ladies uh, tonight that are fighting for justice. William, your closing thoughts on Congressman Isa? I tell you, dude, I, he's a champion. He's a warrior. He's
6: fighting for us. He call, he's, he's calling them out. And listen. I justify your acts, and that's what we need we need somebody in congress representing the little guy absolutely
4: cliff your thoughts closing thoughts on congressman isa that's right congressman isa is one of
7: those uh members of congress out there fighting for the american people it's obvious in, in hearing it's obvious in things that uh, we heard here tonight, excited that he is holding everyone's feet to the fire nobody gets away with uh with breaking the law. No nope, it, it does not get past him. And so he's one of those members that he's he's for the American people. That's why we spotlight people like him awesome. on on AJC Radio
4: because you have
7: to be about the American
4: people. Otherwise, why are you a member of Congress? Well, the energy in here is something, uh, you know, it, it gets better. Lisa, you're closing off on Congressman Issa and what we've learned tonight.
5: Well, I think what we've learned the most about him is that is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't take any crap. Well, there you go. See, I mean when he's when he's out there in those hearings and he's talking and he's, he's questioning people and he's putting putting them out there. He's got he's calling them on the carpet. He's not just gonna let them give him any answer. He's gonna he's gonna push for what he believes. He's gonna fight for it. He's gonna make you He's gonna make you answer one way or the other. You're gonna give him the answer. And just like Cliff was saying earlier earlier in the show, how he was telling them that. If they thought it was judicial, if they thought he was crossing the line or interfering, then so be it. They was going to get the answers that needed to be gotten. And I think that's an important thing in our, in our Congress right now. We need people that are going to just push and get the truth and get the answers and not let people take a, take a back seat, not let the truth take a back seat because, well, I don't want it to look like I'm, I'm crossing over. I don't want it to look like I'm interfering. Interfere if it means we're going to get the truth because I think it's, that's, when it boils down to it, that's what we need. We need people that are going to get the truth, get to the bottom of the issue so that we can make this country great again.
4: Oh, absolutely. Well spoken. And uh, I'll tell you what, that's exactly what it's about. Uh, we are thankful tonight that we've had the privilege tonight to honor Congressman Issa, who has stepped to the plate. We will continue to reach out and seek for justice for members of Congress to take action against any injustice and hold these organizations, whether it's the Department of Justice whether it is the uh, Inspector General's office, whether it's the Department of Homeland Security, any place where uh, things need to be looked at and monitored and managed and people held accountable, uh, we seek the Congress, and tonight we have found what we believe uh, to be, in Congressman Issa, a warrior that can fight these battles uh, collectively there on Capitol Hill to make a difference. We salute you tonight, Congressman. Thank you for your service to, the, to, to not only the state of California, but to the United States of America as you make changes that impact a nation. As we go from that topic, now we take a look at what you didn't know about the IRP-6 case. Let's take a trip to injustice. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies, of America, uh, what is going what, on when innocent when men, men get locked, get locked away. away? Ladies and gentlemen... Ladies, gentlemen have you stopped have you to ask the, the question, question where, is where is justice? It's far, it's away. far away. The R. the RFP six, six. David Banks, David six, Gary Walker, Gary Walker, Walker Demetrius, Demetrius Harper, 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 Kendrick Barnes, 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 Barnes Dave Zabolo, Apollo, and Quentin Stewart have pondered have that question for three, for three years. years. Where, where is, justice? is justice? What you didn't what you know... Didn't know about the RFP-66 case is the question. Is question. We will do on our new on our segment, segment, What You Didn't, know, didn't know about the RFP-66. We will speak and, and start for justice. We will ask we will the ask tough ask tough questions. questions. We will, we will demand, demand answers, answers. answers as justice, as justice just lays, lays idle, idle in, the in the streets of America. Of America we, look we look for the answer. For the an- what you what didn't you know 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 about the E6 case, case hey, starts, right, starts now.
8: right
6: now. Well, on the morning, well, on the morning of uh, 2005, I the I, I, I remember, I remember uh, someone coming in my office saying, yes, they, I, I, and saying, the FAI a guy. And uh, I, thought they, I thought they were bought off. But I uh, looked at that window and saw uh, a lot of it. A lot of it and I, and went to front end,
8: uh, just uh, the feeling of shock. Day,
6: day, day, it really makes me trouble. angry.
3: I, mean, I remember I being shocked the stopped, day stopped, it happened. I remember I seeing the FBI agents running into running the building, bar, there, chasing down. Uh, the events uh, uh, of uh, that uh, day are that, quite clear to me, and it really brings one really uh, uh, to our uh, uh, country: uh, uh, guilty until proven
8: innocent, waiting to be found at the end of
3: every morning.
8: And here's a couple of things I'll come
2: And you know, based on the order. Break. Um, without giving information of what's going on or why, or why people were, it took a,
6: actually, it about a minute or a minute
2: two before they even had themselves as the FBI. The benefit of the, the doubt was not, doubt not given not. to, any, to any. any It was almost, it was almost was I mean, mean, mean you want to stand by the truth about the, truth, truth, truth about the United States that, you know, innocent people are guilty, guilty, and it was like, from the minute, they mentioned the door, the way we were treated, we were treated criminals, criminals, uh, uh,
6: I mean, I, I mean, we retreated every morning in America, America. I mean, and it it just it's shocks, shocks you sometimes that uh, when you
2: think up, back, and you, uh, back, you you realize how how authority in the wrong in the wrong hands, hands, hands can, can you know, know, really be really be, can really
6: take away which, your freedom. We, we were you know, out there we were trying out to help, them, 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 help them, and, them, and and they just they just really try to demoralize, contributing to the development of a lot of those
8: concepts, precepts. The architecture architecture and and the technical Technical, uh, framework Uh, for the software. When I heard heard RAID, I
3: thought, how How, how, weird is this? How ironic is this? this? this?
2: Do they
6: want... What
3: are they doing?
6: And if they... they, What is the intent? And if they shut us down,
8: down. uh, could Uh,
4: this be um, uh, purposefully done?
8: That we're doing so so well to help them them, that they don't want to do that well.
4: What is there need there need justice in this particular type of situation situation. situation. and And somebody somebody out there knows something Uh, on, exactly uh, on exactly what happened to what our, happened our company, to company and what reasoning and what, what, reasoning, uh, uh, what, he and what he led somebody, somebody to come, to come and we, uh, uh, do, something do something
3: so sinister to, to our, our company, company and to try to cheat our, our, our progress, progress. and,
4: and uh, yes, we yes. do believe yes. somebody, somebody came in there for the
3: express purpose, express purpose, purpose
4: to, acquire to acquire our
3: software for our software illegal
4: means, means. Yes, uh, Yes. on the on eve of us, us uh, proposing, uh, proposing business, business, business and having and and have the most so the promising meeting uh, to uh, to business, business that we've ever had in ever history, of our, history of our company. There you have, there you have Tough questions, questions in, need in need for answers. answers. Lady Justice, Lady Justice, Justice, Justice has, gone, has missing. gone missing. Where is she? Zyre six, 6 and countless and thousands, thousands are seeking, are her, seeking her out. What you, what you didn't know, know about the R.P. R- R- Six story? 6 story to, be to be continued. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties tonight, we will uh, we will definitely fix that issue going forward. What you didn't know about the R.P. Six case? And I'll tell you right now, folks, you may want to grab a pen and paper of the things that you didn't know that took place and the level of injustice that took place as a result of the wrongful conviction of the IRP-6. They are Gary Walker, David Banks, Dave Zappolo, Kendrick Barnes, Demetrius Harper, and Clinton Stewart. Tonight, we show honor and respect to these men who sit and languish wrongfully in a prison cell as a result of injustice. What you didn't know about the IRP-6, between May and June of 2010, letters were actually sent to Senator Mark Udall and the Department of Justice, Office of Professional Responsibility, attention to Mary Patrice Brown, requesting inquiry into the actions of the U.S. attorney and FBI in the handling of the IRP-6 case probing into banking records of church members. The pastor, Rose Bank, of Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, without subpoena. Here's how they responded. There was no response or action. Letter was sent from Colorado Springs Fellowship Board of Directors. What you didn't know is that this failure to act by our government officials who are there to monitor misconduct, Cliff, no action, no response to such serious uh, requests for help. All those requests went ignored.
7: That's right, and and I mean that list that you read off, uh, Mont. That that is a short list, but yet it is so profound. Um, you know, just the fact that you don't get any action from so many of these government agents. I mean, that was dealing with the with the uh, church issue and subpoenas. But there are so many people that we reached out to that did not respond. Everywhere we went, they would send us somewhere else. I mean, there are so many people at Department of Justice. I mean, the the uh, you know obviously Attorney General Eric Holder. We had several people in in his in his department. I mean, the Jack Smith, the Chief of Public Integrity Sector, the Inspector General. Uh, Michael Horowitz at DOJ Executive Office for United States Attorneys at DOJ the o- Office of the uh, United States Supreme Court The, I mean so many places, there's about 40 places that we sent letters to and we get these cookie cutter letters back well, this um, issue doesn't lie under our jurisdiction or you need to go to this place or that place, everywhere we went that's round robin, sending us back, sending us back, sending us back. And I'm telling you, the level of frustration, but now, you know, we are grateful that we're getting traction with Congress. And But when we look back and we see the people who would not respond, we this has to be exposed and has to be – the American people have to understand – when you reach out to certain places, well, this is the response that you're going to get. This is the non-response that you're going to get so that they're
4: not wasting time or money and, dealing with some of these agents. And that's unacceptable. And steps were taken by the rp 6 to provide proof that these charges were false. That And on, what you didn't know is that on September 30th, 2010, RP Solutions software reviewed and was examined by Don... Filfer of Califorensics. Califorensics is a computer forensics firm. Mr. Filfer is a retired FBI supervisory special agent for the white collar crime and computer crime squad. What you didn't know is that Mr. Filfer Filfer excuse me, is also a certified fraud examiner and an attorney. This is what his report said that the SILK software did not appear to be vaporware, but included a large amount of complex coding that, re- that would have required significant development. Number one, the work that he saw, Cliff, through his examination, saw intense work that went into developing that software. That's what you didn't know, and that's not, none of that was presented to a jury. Is that correct, uh, Cliff? That's right. These are
7: things that Judge Christine Arguello would not let uh, be presented as evidence. Wow. I, I mean, that's why when you look at the IRP6 case, you look at the level of injustice, you look at the level of com- corruption uh, from people like uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch, people like Judge Christine Arguello, that you say, you're going to tell me that information that proves that I'm yes. a legitimate business, this is not allowed to come in when the basis of... Of all of these charges saying that I was not a legitimate business, that my intent was to go out and fraud someone. When the intent was to develop, uh, market, and sell a product, the Silk software that IRP Solutions developed.
4: Well, let's go a little bit further as we – this is awesome, interesting information that makes you scratch your head, ladies and gentlemen. Also, what you didn't know is that the Silk software was functional at the time of the search warrant. During the February 2005 raid on IRP Solution offices, the software was functional. Not allowed. The jury wasn't allowed to hear that. What you didn't know is that the software contained many notable features, making it a functional product for the intended consumer. Again, the intent of the, of the IRP-6, you got counter forensics saying this is detailed work that went into this. This wasn't nothing I I went online and said, print this off and give me a fake This was work, and this is what they do. They're specialists. What you didn't know is that there was a market for the functionality that Silk Software offered would undoubtedly be of interest to many law enforcement agencies, namely and including the Department of Homeland Security.
7: That's right. I mean, not just the Department of Homeland Security gave IRP solutions, requirements to build the software gave them requirements make these customizations for department of homeland security code this in so that it can be used by department of homeland security so it's not is this is why you know that the federal government was basically on a witch hunt because department of homeland security said hey irp solutions built this out customized it so it fits what dhs needs irp solutions return says hey that's what we've done several iterations of that Okay, IRP Solutions, we as DHS, we're going to put you in the butt. Two weeks later, FBI raid.
4: Well, I'll tell you what,
7: William,
6: you had one point as we close this segment. What is it? Well, I, you know, I worked on it. I mean, so uh, we knew it was real. And the, and the modifications we did for New York, this was, this was, I believe, the year prior to. So, I mean, this was, by the time the raid happened, the guys had, the software was real. They were out there, you know, really pushing business they already had the agents involved. I mean, it, you know. So I, I, I that's all I'm.
4: Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. What you didn't know about the R.P. Six case. We will ask the tough questions. We will seek the answers of injustice that have taken place. We will look for the perpetrators of justice. We have those perpetrators' names, Lisa. Who are they?
5: We have U.S. Attorney John Walsh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch. Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg, Federal Judge Christine Arguello, Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes, Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock, Appellate Judge Harris Hart, Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson, Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer, Court Reporter Darlene Martinez, FBI Agent John Smith, FBI Agent Robert Mowen, Former Federal Agent John Epke, former federal agent Gary Hillberry, attorney Thomas Goodread, attorney Clifford Barnard, attorney Thomas Richard, attorney Robert Berger, attorney Mitchell Baker, attorney Boston Staten Jr., attorney Rick Kornfeld, attorney Mark Garrigo, Susan Holland of ECI Professionals, and Samuel K. Thurman.
4: And thank you for that, Lisa. And ladies and gentlemen of America, we will continue to seek justice. Day after day, we will rise to the challenge of war. We will not go away. A just cause will not cease until we find justice for the IRP 6. Make no mistake about it, this battle wears on, and we will continue to fight this fight as we search to bring the message of justice all around the world. Cliff? Yes, we want to say thank you to
7: everyone in the chat room tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. We appreciate all of your uh, interactions in there, all your comments and your questions. Also, we want to say thank you to our production team, Captain Kyle and Dustin Jackson of K and D Productions, helping out ill girl in the control room, making sure that you hear what it is that we have to say. Also, want to say thank you to our production support team. They give us accurate and up to date information so we can pass that on to you. And to the truth, we know you're out there and we appreciate it.
4: All right, and thank you for that, Cliff. And uh, again, all of this program can be. at AJCRadio.com where all the programs are archived and uh, please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, uh, reach out, tell your friends and neighbors all across the United States that we are the organization fighting for justice and uh, we appreciate all of our listeners across this fine US of A as we continue to seek answers and i said it before, I'll say it again, Lady Justice has gone missing. Help us find her that justice might come not only to the RP6 but all those that have have been victims of injustice. Thank you ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. Take care.
1: Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic; that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same; that you will take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are about to enter, so help you God. Congratulations. You're now members of the 114th Congress.
2: Mr. Attorney General, will you agree to come before the Oversight Committee without the need for a subpoena in the January time frame? I will not. Mr. Attorney General, will you agree to come before... Uh, the committee I chair, the oversight committee, uh, the one you've produced these documents to uh, in the January time frame without the need for a uh, subpoena.
3: I will consider it, but I will note I, I've testified four on four occasions with regard to uh, this matter. I've appeared before you, at least, on two occasions.
2: You've appeared before this committee. You, your organization pushed back on the request for a joint hearing here today. Not will you consider it, but do I need to serve a subpoena on yourself and Lanny Brewer and the other people under direct investigation of my committee, or will you agree to come voluntarily in the January time frame before the committee?
3: I will consider any request that you make.
2: I thank you, Mr. Attorney General. I now would go to the questions of emails. This is the documents you refer to. Most of these documents, five thousand or so, are in fact emails. Mr. Attorney General, I have a question for you. Not one of these emails, in fact, is yours. aren't you a prolific emailer? No, don't you email? Yes, do you have a personal email account and as well as a uh, uh an attorney general's email account?
3: I have an email account at the uh justice department yes
2: do you, do you have a personal email? Yes, do you regularly email to Lanny Brewer, your former partner and uh, your number your head of uh, uh criminal division?
3: No, I, w- I wouldn't say regularly. There are only a limited number of people who know my email address in the Justice Department.
2: Um, well, let's, let me cut to the chase. Don't you think it's a little conspicuous in his absence that there's not one email to or from you related to Fast and Furious in any way, shape, or form?
3: There are a variety of reasons why the uh, email, the emails that we have shared with you, um, are, are there. We have shared in an unprecedented way um, email information. Um, that no justice department no attorney general has ever authorized before you have deliberative information contained i guess in but isn't
2: it true that executive privilege does not flow to the attorney general only to the office of the president so deliberative process within your department running law enforcement in fact doesn't doesn't serve executive privilege as the uh, the, the chairman said going on you haven't cited any reason that these would not have been delivered
3: In making production determinations, we have followed what attorneys general in the past have always used as applicable standards, and these are Republican as well as Democratic um, attorneys general. And the information that we have provided to you has been uh, responsive, has been, um, I think, fulsome, and also okay, unprecedented. Well, unprecedented
2: would be an attorney general who knew nothing about something where his own DAG, now his chief present chief of staff, was intimately familiar. Uh, Gary Grindler was well aware, according to documents provided, of Fast and Furious on March 12, 2010. Are you aware of that, that he was aware of Fast and Furious and what its procedures were on March of 2010?
3: It was certainly brought to his attention as part of a regular briefing that he got from ATF, but he did not hear during that um, briefing anything about the tactics. Really? Is that that why in his own
2: handwriting? When he talks about going to stash houses, he clearly understood in a document you've delivered, he clearly understood in his own handwriting what the tactic was.
9: I'm sorry,
2: but I'm going to ask you a different question.